I do this sometimes. Let me make sure you guys got the audacity running back there. You good? You good? My clicker is clicking. All right. I need a little bit of audience participation. Do you guys like it? I like it when we do this. It's like, it's like the last time some of you are awake. You know who you are. And uh, I'm teasing. And uh, so I want to do this. I want to do this. If I say relationships, if I say relationships, give me, a, give me some, some adjectives for relationships. Adjectives for relationships. There are no wrong answers. This is a safe space. Uh, two plus two can be a Volkswagen. It's a safe space right now. Anybody, a relationship? Uh, toxic, there we go. Somebody got there fast. Toxic relationship, I got that on my paper. What else? Huh? Connection, okay, so a synonym. Yeah, I like that, synonym. What else? Loving relationship, there we go, there we go, thank you. If she'd have said toxic, we'd have just gone and stopped the service. And Adrian, yeah, what else we got? What else? We got, uh, we got loving, we got uh, connection. What? Hard to navigate relationship. You're still in trouble. Uh, yeah, relationship. Somebody else said something. What? Enduring. Yeah, enduring relationship, a long-term relationship. Absolutely, enduring relationship. Committed relationship, there you go. Elegant relationship. Oh, that's fancy, fancy. She said it holding her pinky out. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else? <coughs> a healthy relationship, right? This is a healthy relationship for me. This is an optional relationship for me, right? This is a necessary relationship for me. Uh, somebody said committed relationship. Committed relationship. Is everybody good now? Anybody, anybody you got one you're just dying to say? That's also... Give and take relationship, yeah. Give and take relationship. Some of you that are under 40, you might have said a frenemy kind of relationship, you know, which still, in my ears, still sounds dumb, but anyway, I'll take it. Yeah, we, we've, got, we've got the different, different kinds of relationship. Those of you uh, got some schooling, some college, or you've read some books, or maybe watched Dr. Phil, you could have said a codependent relationship, right? Codependent relationship. That's how I feel about donuts. I have a codependent relationship with him, and I joke about those kind of things. I don't know. It's been over a year since I've had anything like that, I think. I did have pie. I have had pie this year. That's about it. And, uh, and so for the whole, for the whole yeah, we, we, have those, we have those kind of things going on in our lives, in our lives. And relationships do so much for us, do so much for us. And they help us or they hurt us. They elevate us. They inform us. They, uh, they sometimes are necessary. We have a necessary relationship with oxygen. That'd be a relationship. Most of us have a pretty close relationship with food. We want to eat every so often. Uh, we, we, have, we have some of those kind of things. Some of us have a <sighs> relationship with people, right? We see them coming, we're going, give me the Tylenol. Give me the Tylenol kind of thing, right? Tylenol kind of thing. I, uh, I had a student one time years ago, years ago, and this was back when, when, when the ringtones were really getting popular. You could download ringtones, and people were figuring out how they could make their own. She walked, she walked out of class. She walked out of class, and I heard, dun 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 And I'm looking around, looking for the tornado and Dorothy, and somebody grabbed Toto. <laughs> and uh, I said, what, what is that? She said, oh, it's my phone. I said, okay. She says, custom ringtone. I said, okay. I said, who is it? She said, it's my mother. And uh, I, said, I said, oh, no, I knew her mother. I knew her mother. I said, does your mother know this? Because all of a sudden, I felt very guilty. And uh, she said, yeah, she thinks it's great. Good, good, because now I'm scared. And it's been 20 years. I'm still scared because uh, her mother uh, was strong. And, and, uh, and lots of words there with relationship. I'm teasing uh, a little bit. And, and so we're here. When we're talking about this, we're talking about this. The relationships do make up our life for good or for bad. 
They make up our life. If you're single or single again, you think, man, if I just had a relationship or this relationship wasn't so bad in the past. <coughs> people, people in the connections. We have relationships that are very unhealthy sometimes, right? We have relationships, relationships with substances, relationships with alcohol. We have relationships, relationships with visual media. We call that pornography sometimes. We have relationships with music that's terrible. Sometimes young people <coughs> up into their 20s, man, they have a terrible, unhealthy, unbiblical relationship with their parents. <coughs> I mean, on and on it goes. <coughs> Your life and my life is defined by a relationship. It just, it just absolutely positively is. And so for these next few weeks, I, I, want, I want to help us. I'm going to start here with what I think is a foundational relationship. <clears throat> and I want to make a little disclaimer. You would think, you would think man, the, the relationship you want to start with is Jesus Christ. And that might have been true 30 years ago if I was going to preach this series. But I can't do that now. Because it's not the relationship with who you think Jesus is. It's got to be your relationship with what the Bible says he is. So it's got to be a biblical view. Biblical view. You can't just roll your own. You can't just roll your own. You can't put two Oreos together and call that a hoagie sandwich. That's what we do now. <clears throat> and it isn't the Jesus you've invented. If I heard a person say it once, I've heard him say a thousand times, especially in the last four or five years, well, I think the Lord, or I, my Jesus does. Well, again, it doesn't matter who you think the Lord or what, who you think your Jesus is. It matters what the Bible says. So imagine the biblical view. So if we don't start here, we can't move there. And Audrey, if you're with me here. So I'm not trying to oversell it. I think we just got to start with the foundation. Start with the foundation. <clears throat> so throughout our married life, we have bought some things that were absolutely necessary that turned out to be absolutely, absolutely optional. Truth of the matter is, the most expensive clothes hangers we've ever owned. I'm 26, going on 27 years of marriage. Truth of the matter is, right now at our home, at our home, I have a shirt hanging on this most expensive hanger. Does anybody have any of these expensive hangers, or you have had in your life, where it did not serve the purpose it was supposed to? Anybody can guess what I'm talking about here? Anything? You, you, you can call it by the designer name, or you can just give the generic name. Extras, yeah, Peloton, no, 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 we had a Peloton, we had a Peloton, and I had clothes hanging on, I'd be so grumpy, I wouldn't be able to be here, and, uh, yeah, but yeah, anything, right, anything, anything, any exercise equipment, right, for many of us, turns into what, very expensive decoration, and the occasional shirt hanger, you've got all kinds, of, maybe you've got hobbies, I, I, I laugh sometimes, people move, People move and they find these things. If we're not real careful, we're not real careful, we'll start talking about this, and you'll go, you know, that's really nice. That'd be aspirational. I think everything we want to bring out, I hope, is going to be vital to you. And I want you to have not just a healthy relationship with it, but a biblical relationship with it. And so we want to start off here. So we want to start off here. So I want to answer just two questions this morning, if I can. I want to can, and I want to help you with this. So number one, the first thing, I just want to make this, under, underline this, put it very clearly for you. Your relationship with the Bible really does affect everything about you. If it's, a, if it's the bicycle or the treadmill or the elliptical or, a, or the rowing machine that some QVC person convinced you to buy when you were up in the middle of the night, whatever, whatever it is, if it's just optional to you, that says so much about it, so much about you. But it, 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 absolutely, it absolutely, positively 
matters. And I want to prove that to you. It matters because it has to do with salvation. It matters because it has to do with your heart. It matters because it has to do with your attitude and with your speech. Uh, <coughs> Jeff Ward was asking me a question earlier. It's one thing to treat the Bible as a, as, a, as a good idea. It's another one to put it in our heart and in our lives and let it affect and change it. So two questions this morning. Are you with me today? Two questions this morning. Why should we care about the Bible? Why should we care about the Bible? We say, well, you're in church. You ought to care about the Bible. <clears throat> over and over statistically, that is not true. Latest numbers came out from a survey in 21 and 22. This is post-COVID. More and more people are interested in the Bible as a matter of curiosity, but even fewer people are engaged with the Bible, and fewer still. It's in the 30% thing. The Bible is authoritative. They did a survey of 4,000 Full-time pastors, youth pastors, music pastors, all these kind of things. A majority, not a, not, not, a, not a little bit of percent, but a majority of those people said that there are many ways to get to God. They deny the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they got a problem with the Bible. they got an absolute problem with the Bible. In the crowd this size, <clears throat> and folks that will watch online later on, I want to remind you again that you can nod and grunt at this, but... You may not be on the same page, and the proof certainly is in the pudding. How do you treat the Bible, not when you're in church, but in and out of church? I've been stunned, amazed, no matter where I've gone, where I've traveled. I've traveled much lately <coughs> for, other, for different reasons. Just people, man, they, they, don't, they, can't, they can't be bothered to put the Bible, bring their Bible up on their phone, much less carry a physical Bible. <coughs> man, we are Bible-less people. We are Bible-less people. <clears throat> you talk about, man, reading your Bible or having your devotions or doing anything like that. People just kind of look at you foggy, and, uh, and, and they don't know. So, so when we talk about caring about the Bible, I'm going to start here with saying I don't think we all care about the Bible. And maybe you used to, and you've gotten out of the habit. This is going to be one of those good services to help you. Hey, I, I can do that. Everybody understand guilt is a terrible motivator, and shame will keep you in prison. You can't do anything but be forgiven about last year and yesterday. And you can learn from it, but you can go forward for King Jesus. By the way, if you believe that, would you say amen? So here we go. So why is it important? Why is it important? Number one, the Bible is Holy Scripture. The Bible is Holy Scripture. It's Holy Scripture. You're in the text there. From a child, verse 15, you have known the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures. It's not just another book. It is the book. It is God's revelation of himself to us. Revelation 21.9. If any man take away from the words of this book of prophecy, God will take out his part of the book of life out of the holy city and the things which are written in this book. He is so, he is so um, adamant about the importance of the Bible. Don't mess with it. Absolutely, positively, don't mess with it. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Guy gets up and says, well... <coughs> I got sent an article. Uh, got sent an article this week. Got sent an article this week again about uh, <coughs> about, about some things. And, and a guy basically, guy basically saying, you know, you know, all those passages about this or that were just were just added on, added on later. Again, that's not only a lie, but you're you're adding to yourself the con condemnation and revelation. You are messing with the Bible. You're not to do that. Don Cole said in the Bible, God has given us everything important about everything important. He's given everything that matters about everything that matters. The Bible's not an encyclopedia, but no, it doesn't talk about everything. But what it talks about, it gives sufficient revelation for. It, it tells you what you need to know. It tells you what you need to know. You have to believe the Bible alone for faith and for eternal life. One of the dumb things that we've said, <clears throat> one of my real strong objections 
uh, President Bush or the third or W. After he got out of office, he somehow adopted this thing that that that, that all on Jehovah are the same God and all roads leading there. I, I don't know. He wasn't running for anything anymore. I don't know why he said that. He's had people in his life I know have told him to stop saying that. And for whatever reason, he, he's 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 gotten to this point. I don't know why. Of course, I don't go to politicians. I don't go to politicians or spiritual advice either, do you? And I don't care what's, what's uh, letters coming after the name. But to any other group, that's a foolish thing. Man, you'd never tell a Muslim that Jehovah and Allah are the same God. Man, they just laugh at you. You'd never go to India and say, say one God's the same as the other. They got 340 million gods in counting, and they know that they are different. It's only warm-hearted kind of American folks who are trying to think that everybody's all warm and fuzzy. You know, and it's not the case. The Bible is a dividing line. It is. Holy Scripture, God breathed. He inspired the 40 different writers throughout the period of history to use their own personalities to give us exactly what we have. And what do you want us to have? And what do we do with it? Well, we barely crack it during the week. <clears throat> we got to be bribed and cajoled to learn it, to memorize it. <clears throat> Ezekiel said, man, his words were sweet like honey. And I did eat them. Psalm 119, all those verses, the acrostic there with the Hebrew alphabet, praising, honoring the word of God, and we treat it like drudgery. It is holy scripture. You ought to care about the Bible because it's holy scripture. You ought to care about the Bible because it's holy sufficient. It's sufficient. What can it do? It can make us wise about what? It can make us wise about salvation. It tells us about sin. It tells us about who is a sinner. It tells us how to live holy. That was Jeff's question earlier. I'm sorry, there's like 19 Jeffs in here. That was Jeff Ward's question earlier. Man, the disconnect between what people say they believe and what they do. Your belief always affects your behavior. The tongue is always the tattletale of the heart. And then what you put in eventually comes out. You don't have a bad temper, man. You got an excellent temper. You don't have a problem with your speech, man. Your speech works just fine. You just got the wrong encyclopedia. You got the wrong dictionary that's pulling from. And Scripture tells us this. Tells us. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all if I think something's sinful. It matters if the Bible thinks something's sinful. Somebody, somebody say amen. And conscience, conscience matters. You don't want to do things against your conscience. <coughs> Certainly. But it, it matters matter what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. <clears throat> well, I think and I feel. I think and I feel is fine if you're picking out a cupcake. I think and I feel if you're having an argument about salmon and chartreuse, the two different colors. I think and I feel works. I think and I feel if you prefer Bernstein's rendition of a Mozart piece that he conducted or you'd rather have the London Philharmonic's version. I think and I feel works on those occasions. I think and I feel is lousy when it comes to moral things. I think and I feel is lousy when it comes to what the Bible has spoken about. It's great. Uh, it's really catchy. Don't, don't go look it up now unless, you, unless you're trying to stay awake. Then go look it up. It's a great uh, Southern Gospel song. God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it. It's got a pretty good riff. Do you, do you know it? Do you know, anybody over here know it? Horse, you ever heard it? All right, all right. If the sermon gets slow, look it up. Don't look it up. It's a good little song, but you know what it is? Man, it's lousy, lousy thinking. Because all that matters is that God said it, and that settles it. The rest of it doesn't matter in the middle. It helps me, 
But God said it, and that settles. It can make you wise to these things. That's why we try and use the Bible. On Saturday, when we had all the adults here and the children here, we try and give a presentation using the law of God. Because once I am convicted as a sinner, then I realize I have an opportunity because I am condemned, and there's someone who took my place. We keep trying to invite people, trying to invite people, hey, would you like to do something extra? Instead of, and you are desperately sick, and you are already condemned. And God has spoken. And you stand under the heavy judgment of God. Would you like some relief? That's a whole different presentation, isn't it? whole different presentation. Salvation, sin, sinner. You ought to care about this, number one, number two, number three, because it demands holy, whole submission. It demands submission. Those of you who are taking good notes now, thank you. Thank you for, for doing that. I'll try not to go too fast. The Bible can teach us what? The Bible teaches about doctrine, all I need for life. The Bible teaches about reproof, rebuke for wrong behavior, belief. It exposes sin. Anybody had your sin exposed before? Anybody ever been in a service or somewhere and all of a sudden, man, you're like, man, that dude's been reading my mail, looking in my window. He's been checking my browser history. We've had people mad as fire with me. Man, I'm never coming back. I got, I got trolled pretty good first part of the week. Is it still trolling? Anybody here under 30? Is it still trolling? Yeah. I got trolled pretty good starting third this week. <laughs> People who, whatever. And uh, anyway, they were, they, they left, they left our fellowship a while back, a while back, and they, they were out doing something pretty wicked, pretty wicked, and they made sure I knew about it. I, you know, I'm not superstitious, but I just, you know, I just wouldn't poke the bear. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to sin. It's another thing to sin and go, man, look at me. Look at me, the big sinner. Isn't that silly? Isn't that silly? One reason we don't like this is why? Because it exposes our sin. There's reproof. There's correction. There's correction. We, we need to be pointed back the right way. Pointed back the right way. And we need training in righteousness. We need positive training how to live for God. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. <coughs> Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Neglect your Bible, don't ever pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. I used to teach those as kids. I wish we could get back to teaching those as kids. The truth of the matter is some of us adults need to get that. It'll help us to be trained in righteousness. Trained in righteousness. 1 Timothy 4, 6, if you're there in the Scripture. Put the brethren in remembrance of these things. They'd be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and good doctrine. 1 Peter 2, 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies, envies and all evil speaking. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, the unvarnished that you may grow thereby. Some of us, man, you've named Christ for a long time, but you still have never moved on because you've never figured out how to get the milk of the word. We gave out the devotional books here, and a lot of you got those. You've been reading them, man, and that's it. That's it. Don't feel bad. You're not reading a whole lot, but you're reading something. There's consistencies there, and you're getting stronger. You're getting stronger. I was doing something that, man, I was so frustrated, so frustrated. I was tired, and I was tired, and, and, uh, and where, I've got some, where I've got the damage is usually, usually the last two fingers on both hands, and, and then uh, and, and I was really frustrated. I was dropping stuff, and I was just like, you know, and I, and I had to sit there and I had to breathe for a second. I'm like, okay, <clears throat> you know, just got to do something else. Can't do that right now. And, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back to May, <clears throat> May of 21, May of 21, when I finally, 
finally could dress myself. Or excuse me, March, April of 21. I finally could dress. All right. All right. There's been a lot of progress from there. I'm not going to be mad. And there's nobody around. Nobody around. I'm having a temper tantrum and a pity party all by myself. I'm, I'm, I'm just there. I'm just there. I woke up Friday. Man, my foot was killing me. Foot was killing me, and I go down there, and I got, I've got a, I've got an ingrown toenail, and again, same kind of thing. I couldn't feel it till it got too bad. Anyway, took, uh, took care of that, <laughs> took care of that, and on. I'm just man, will, 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 will I ever, will I ever get there? Now, man, I'm making good steps. At least I caught it this time. I didn't have to go to the doctor this time, and, and, and I'm there. Sometimes you get frustrated. Because you're not growing as fast. You need to understand, man, there is a process to this. And your relationship with the Word may just simply be you read a verse a day and then thank Jesus for the verse. But you go and you grow. There is only one way. You don't skip the line. You don't get a, you don't get a power up. You don't pay for extra jewels and gems. And you don't accelerate. You don't do some things. You can put on like a hypocrite. Like you're a lot more advanced than you are, but it doesn't work that way. By the way, one of the ways you know that you know the Lord is that you've got a desire to know the Word. I mean, it resonates. And I want more of that. I want more of that. We've got to beg and plead and cajole people, man, to make service, make midweek service, <coughs> to do these kind of things. Man, there ought to be an intense hunger in your heart and your life. I want to be in the Word. I want to grow in the Word. I want to do those things because it, it is what I need. It demands submission. You've got your notes there. I gave you a question. Rob Reinell is a prolific author, really, in the last 10, 15 years. Very, very practical. He asked four questions. He said, how do you know that you're submitted to the Word? Number one, do you believe it's God's Word? Do you believe it's true and all it intends to say? Are you willing to submit your thoughts and opinions on every subject to what it says? Again, the hypocrite, the unbeliever, the rebellious one says, I know the Bible says this, but... No, I know the Bible says this, period. You get real excited. I know the Bible says this, exclamation point. It has the final authority. Number four, are you willing to do the, what the Bible says even if you don't want to? <clears throat> I, said it, I said it the other day. I said it privately to a couple of you people. Uh, we, I get to, Andre and I both get paid now once a month. And, but I, I try and give every week. I try and, give, I try and sp- sp- spread it out and give every week. <clears throat> I, I, don't, I don't do that. I don't do that for any, I don't do that for any, I promise, I don't do it for any other, I do it for me. I do it for me to remind me in it and my money. It all belongs to God. And so I write the check, and I put the check in there, and so like the only check I write, except for Andrea's beautician. And, uh, and, and that check's got to be, gotta, gotta be written, because she'll come looking for us. And, uh, not Andrea, but a beautician. And, uh, and I write that check, because I, I, need, I need to tell my flesh, I need to tell my carnality, that I need to do this. Somebody said, man, you love everything the Bible says? Not, not anywhere close. Man, if I was taking an edit to the Bible, man, first thing I'd do is I'm getting rid of sin. Second thing I'm going to do is get rid of hell. All those things offend me. Truth of the matter is, the cross is in there somewhere because, man, it just breaks my heart thinking about Jesus. But I'm not called to be an editor. I'm called to be a proclaimer. By the way, you are too. I'm to be, this is what's going on. And I bring my life under submission to this. Sometimes our lack of service is simply a lack of obedience to the Bible. That's question number one. You still with me? Question number one, question number two. Question number two. I did believe, I did put those on there. <clears throat> How do I know if it's at home in my heart? See, what do you mean? That's Colossians 3.16. If you've got your Bible open, look there. Colossians 3.16. If 
Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. <clears throat> By my notes, about four and a half years ago, I referenced this passage. It means to make it home. It means, means very simply, means very simply that, that you're allowing it to dwell in such a way, to dwell richly. Let God's word be at home in your life. It's a parallel passage to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, be being filled with the Spirit of God. And then you see the same things. Controlled by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God being at home in your life really are the same concept. In fact, you can't have one without the other. Rob Morgan says, what does that look like? What does that look like? Job 23 verse 12 I've not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Spurgeon said, you could just as easily in the Jewish mind, instead of saying hid, you could have said treasured. Hid is the idea of tucking something special in particular away. Your word have I treasured in my heart. How do you know if God's word at home? Is it a treasure to you? Do you esteem it more than necessary food? Many of my mentors have told me through the years, before I eat the first bite in the morning, I make sure I'm in the Scripture. I want, it to, I want to tell my body that. Some of you, you've got it worked out. You listen to the Scripture going down the road, or you, you've got, your, your mornings are chaotic, and so you take the lunchtime. But you've got a time where you treasure the Word. Treasure the Word. <clears throat> Jeremiah 15, 16, I ate the words there. Jeremiah said, so how do I know? How do I know if God's word's at home? God's word's at home. <coughs> Sorry, hit it back. Number one, you, your life will be controlled by the Spirit. Your life will be controlled by the Spirit. Out of control, under control. Some of you said that. I think probably the last person said it to me was, it was Brother Wells. Just, Lord, help me. Be obedient to you today. Help me to look for opportunities for you today. I, I think it starts in that idea of submission. God, I want to be controlled by you. And I'm giving, I'm taking in the word of God so that the spirit of God will help me act like I'm in the presence of God. Your life will be controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'm treating this this way. Treating this way. The spirit fills the life that is controlled by his word. Number two, your heart and your voice are easier to sing about the Savior. You may not sing well, but you sing for Jesus. Anybody, anybody besides me, you're like, man, isn't it crazy? You get people real liquored up, man, and they will sing 24 times in a row, Rocky Top. But you start singing Amazing Grace, or there's power in the blood. And, 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 my pastor, Brother Patrick. He used to say, he used to say every so often, he's like, we're going to give the song leader a raise. He said, anybody got to look out there at that many people going? Three services a week deserves something extra. He said, it bothers me. He said, but at least I get to yell at you. He's trying to smile and get you to sing. He's laughing. I'm laughing. There ought to be something there. I'll be a song in your heart. I'll be a song coming out of your lips. I know sometimes we introduce new songs. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about unfamiliarity. I'm talking about unwillingness. 
unwillingness. Your life will be controlled by the Spirit. Your heart and voice are eager to sing to the Savior. Number three, you are submissive because you're under the Lordship of Christ. Uh, Andrea's sister's little boy was here and, 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 and Erica, Erica, and she was talking to Andrea and uh, he's in the terrible twos. We're trying to, trying to help him. And he's, he's close enough kin, close enough kin, I had to resist stepping in. Nod your head if you follow what I'm saying. Follow what I'm saying. Sounds like, Erica, you get something out of the car for me? Yeah, yeah, it's parked at the end of the cul-de-sac, three blocks over. I just need a few minutes. Need a few minutes, you know. Need a few minutes. Anyway, we, he, did, he did something. He did something, and I looked at him. I looked at him, stared at him. He dropped what he was doing, came over and sat down, never said anything, never said anything. And I hear Allison. I hear Allison's voice going, I was so nervous. And, uh, and I said, what for? She said, she said, I know that look. I know that look. And uh, I said, what do you mean? She said, she said, I took a half step back. I looked at Andre. Andre's like, I almost left the room. And, uh, and, and we were there, and I'm exaggerating to wake you up. One of them asked me afterwards, what, 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 I, I, I said, your mom and I determined a long time ago, you need to learn how to obey a mom and dad, stepmom, stepdad, grandma and grandpa you can see, because there's a day coming you've got to obey a Lord you cannot see. And getting your bottom popped or your hand slapped is nothing, nothing compared to the judgment that awaits those who refuse refuse Jesus Christ in the hardship that comes from unrepentant sin. So yeah, we tried to very, very easily keep it localized and keep you understanding. We didn't do a perfect job. We wanted to do that. Why? Why? Because we wanted you to learn to submit to us. We submit to the Lord so one day when you were out from under our authority, you would learn to submit to King Jesus. Somebody say, by the way, if that's a, that should be a pretty good idea of parenting, right? Imperfectly, but a pretty good idea of parenting. Of parenting. How do you know that God's words at home? Because you are submissive to the Lordship of Christ. You ain't got to be beaten and guilted and cajoled. I want to serve Him because He is the one that's in charge. You're submissive to the Lordship of Christ. Submissive Lordship of Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Doesn't mean you're an ogre. Doesn't mean you're a dictator. Doesn't mean any of those kind of things. It means as I follow him and we follow each other. And this is how it is. Number four, you've got a heart of gratitude. One of the quickest ways to know, boy, you are not in the Word. The Word of God's not at home in your life as you are ungrateful and you are all of these kind of things. Man, I can promise you, I can promise you that you have an unhealthy relationship with the Scripture. Grumble, mumble, moan, groan, whine, complain. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? By the way, look right here. I do not think there is a line going to be at either judgment. I just don't. Judgment seat for a judgment seat of Christ, where rewards and loss rewards are taken care of. What we call the bema seat there mentioned, <coughs> mentioned, uh, mentioned after uh, after the tribulation. We're there. Or excuse me, uh, mentioned uh, during the tribulation. I'm sorry. I'm getting off track there. And then, uh, then uh, Revelation 20, 21, <coughs> great white throne judgment. Heaven and earth passed away. We're standing there on the presence of God. He is there adjudicating. Hell is cast in the lake of fire. And, and all those were formally condemned. 
They're already condemned. This is just the formal, formal judgment, the last thing that is there. I don't for a second think that God's going to have us all in line. He is omnipresent. He can do us all at once. See, that hurts my head. Fine, then you understand it. But I have wondered if there are any sections. There's got to be a section for social media. Right? It's some of the whiniest, gripingness, complaining, malcontents, F-bomb dropping, ugly talk, unbelievably vicious people. And they live for it. I don't know how anybody gets anything done. Because Twitter just seems like it rolls during work hours. Somebody's getting paid a lot of money to be unhappy. And then to publicize it. Isn't it the same case? You are not off the hook because you did that digitally. You are not off the hook because nobody knows about it. The same way as if you were cheating on a spouse because you didn't do it physically, you only did it digitally, you're still on the hook. What a man thinks in his heart, excuse me, if a man lusts after a woman in his heart, he's guilty of the same of sexual immorality. Jesus said he doubled down on the Ten Commandments. You understand you understand gratitude. And here's how it starts. You forgave me all my sins. Everything else is just gravy. Every good blessing comes from the Father above. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. If your Bible is ornamental, if your Bible is incidental, instead of being instrumental, and vital, then I say you have an unhealthy, inappropriate relationship with the Scripture. It is to be at home. It is to be treasured. And it's the relationship, I think, that everything else springs out of. Not your Jesus. It's the Jesus of the Christian Scripture. And if you haven't been, if you haven't been rightly related to the Holy Scriptures, you can be today. You can start today. You can be forgiven, and you can go forward. You know, nobody else is. Nobody else is going to stand before Jesus but you, for you. Doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. See, I can't get all this. You're not supposed, you're required to get all this. You're supposed to Start like everybody else. Take the milk, get stronger, build up. We have a heart of gratitude. A lack of spirituality, one writer said, a silence of praise, disagreeable, proud, obnoxious attitude, and a stone heart of greed are indicators of unthankfulness and are some of the surest signs that God's Word is not at home in your life. Pray with me right now. Our heads are bowed just for a moment.